left fielders. This is the Infielder Spotlight Podcast, powered by Left Field Investors. Our community is focused on networking and education to help people invest passively and think differently. Let's go. Welcome to the Infielder Spotlight episode, where one of our infielders share their story with host Chad Ackerman. Listen in to gain insights from our community on how to create financial freedom through passively investing in real assets that generate real cash flow. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the LFI Spotlight. I'm your host, Chad Ackerman, and with me today is infielder Eric Hurtica. Eric, welcome to the show. Appreciate you coming on. Yeah, I appreciate you having me. Absolutely. I didn't butcher your name this time, so I fall on the sword anytime I screw up on this podcast. Just the total transparency here. (laughs) It's all part of the adventure. That's right. Well, we really appreciate you coming on today and sharing your story. Let's start with the simple stuff and just let us know where you're from and what do you do? I uh, live in Southern California. I've been here my whole life and I've had a kind of a varied career, but I am currently in the pet industry. I work with a uh, manufacturer and basically go visit pet stores and talk to owners for a living. <laughs> nice. That's not a bad gig. That seems no. like a good day. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Get to go hang out with a lot of good people. I understand. So how do you transition from pet store manufacturer, pet supply manufacturing to getting into the passive investing space that we're involved in? Talk about that journey because that sounds interesting. We don't get a lot of people from your background into the community. It seems like you're a unicorn. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we all have our own paths. And yeah, I actually have been in the investing world for a long time, actually. When I was in grad school, I actually worked with Edward Jones Brokerage at first and was office manager for them and got my Series 7 and 63 licenses during that time and eventually moved over to UBS Payne Weber. So I obviously had a had a lot of experience working with with people and their investments from stock to life insurance, mutual funds, retirement, all that fun kind of stuff. And uh, enjoyed that world, but eventually transitioned out of that and into real estate, actually became a uh, real estate agent and broker. And during that time, worked with a lot of friends and family, kind of first time home buyers. I was a lot younger then. And uh, during that time, my wife and I, I got married and we had our first condo. And after we moved out of that condo, I was during the good times of the 2000s and property values increasing. And so we decided to hold on to that condo and rent it out when we moved into our you know next place. And so we had that about a year and enjoyed some income from that. But as we all know, the landlording can be challenging at times. And I, along the way, found out my little 1,000 square foot, two bedroom condo, no garage or any other amenities, had about eight people living in it. <laughs> yeah. So that was a, an interesting adventure, you know, working on getting some of those people out. And after a year, we had a very nice profit on the condo. We were within that time period where we had lived there long enough that we could sell it and not pay any capital gains taxes. And so we decided to go ahead and, you know, sell that and take the profits. A couple of years later, I actually bought a fourplex down in San Diego with my brother-in-law and father-in-law. And we very much like, you know, fixing up properties, working on them. So it was a, an older property, needed some improvements. And as each of the tenants moved out, we spent some time in there fixing up the units, making them nicer and getting them re-rented out. And so we had that property a couple years and wasn't too bad on the property management side, but got to a point where it needed a new roof. It needed some electrical work. It needed 
some updating and and we were really at the peak of the market at that point in time. And so when I ran the numbers, it was looking like, well, we can put all this money into it and then make no money on it for the next three years while we recoup the investment, <laughs> or we can sell at the top of the market. We ended up, you know, selling that property. And so those were kind of my forays into, you know, active real estate investing and everything. And then as far as passive investing years later, you know, I did, decided I didn't want to do the landlord thing. So I was looking, I actually heard a advertisement on the radio of all things and was kind of curious. They said 14% interest, you know, 14% not correlated to the stock market. And I was thinking, ah, there's no way, you know, <laughs> so more out of curiosity than anything, I called them up and it was actually a life settlement investment company. And so I, uh, after doing a lot of research on the investment, the company and everything, I, you know, got involved in that. And so number of years of doing some of the life settlement investments, you know, we all learn our lessons sometimes the hard way. And, you know, that one ended up in the end going to be okay because of the way it was structured, but there was definitely some challenges in the way they were doing business and the SEC stepped in and, you know, got involved in investment with receivership. And so we all learn from those ones that don't go as smoothly, obviously. <laughs> right. We prefer not to go through those, but they happen. And yeah, hopefully you come out not too scathed anyway, maybe not unscathed, but maybe not too scathed. <laughs> exactly. So fast forward a number of years and, you know, I'm kind of at a point in my life where not old enough to retire per se, but definitely starting to think more along those lines. And a couple of about two years ago, I threw one of my family members was involved in an oil and natural gas royalty ownership. And it was very lucrative for many, many years. And so I spoke to them and was able to get in on that investment eventually, which has paid very, very good passive income. It's been a very successful investment and continues to be so. And that got me starting to think over the last year, you know, how can I find more of these kind of opportunities? So ultimately found one more opportunity through my brother-in-law and was able to get in on an office building investment out in Maryland that was very much cash flow based, much more cash flow than equity. And that's continued to go well. So eventually coming full circle, I started doing some searches online for, you know, different types of passive investments. And I had never actually listened to a podcast in my life. And <laughs> so I uh, did a search, downloaded a podcast app, did a search for passive investments. And amongst the three different podcasts I downloaded to check out, LFI was one of them. And so I kind of jumped in and joined the community and have been uh, for the last two months or so just heavily researching different sponsors, operators, investors, and talking to different people. And recently just joined my first tribe on an investment and have a couple of other investments I'm looking at placing in the next probably month or so and trying to kind of jump in, but diversify and, you know, to get things really rolling. here. Excellent. Yeah. That's quite the journey then. And you've jumped in with both feet, it sounds like as well, which is you learn a lot from doing that as well. Just each one, I feel like I've learned something new from. So uh, bully for you and the fact you found the tribes and you're liking that, it sounds like anyway, to get a little more diversification and so forth. I think it's awesome. It sounds like you've really covered the gamut of things from the active side all the way through, which is fantastic. So you talked about search for podcasts. That's how you found left field. What other resources maybe did you use along the way that'd be helpful for others that are listening that are a couple steps behind you looking for their path as well? Any other things that helped you along your way? You know, I think for me, having the investment background obviously helped a lot because I knew a lot of things about a lot of companies and corporations and the way they do things. And 
you know, just having knowledge of really anything in the investment field, I feel like carries over to other parts. So, you know, definitely, I think listening to good podcasts is a good option. So much of it, I think, is networking. Obviously, Left Field is a great resource for that to be able to talk to like-minded people and hear what they're doing and, and hear about their journeys and evaluate different investments together. And then for me, I'm uh, working hopefully eventually towards a uh, normal accredited investor status, but not there yet. <laughs> and so I did hear the podcast not too long ago about Reg D. You know, since I had had my Series 7 and 63 licenses before, I thought I'd kind of give them a try and get my Series 65 investment advisor license so I could kind of use that backdoor to getting accredited so that I would have access to a lot more deals. So I signed up with them and I actually took the test a few weeks ago and passed the test. So now I'm just kind of waiting for that to come through with the state. And so that's definitely obviously going to be able to open up a lot more investment opportunities and options since there's so many more accredited investments out there. Hi, this is Zach Hapenstall, CEO and co-founder of Rise 48 Equity. At Rise 48, we've successfully purchased 38 different properties worth over $1.5 billion worth of real estate and gone full cycle and sold 11 different properties, drastically exceeding projections for our investors. If you're looking to invest with an experienced sponsor in either the Phoenix, Arizona or Dallas, Texas markets, then we're the group for you. To learn more about investing with us, visit our website at rise48equity.com and set up a call with me. Thank you. If you're listening to this podcast, then you're probably already thinking about ways to generate income passively and to reduce your tax burden. But did you know that you can retain more of your W-2 income by investing in oil and gas? As you might know, my income is generally passive, but if you're a high-wage earner who still gets a large portion of your income from a W-2 job, this investment opportunity could help you hold on to more of your hard-earned money, which means you have the chance to make more passive investments. Billy Keels and the team at First Generation Capital Partners are experienced with investing in this sector, and they have a free download available for our listeners who want to learn more. To find out just how much you can save by investing in oil and gas, head to firstgencp.com slash LFI pay less tax and download your free guide. We've talked on the forum about this a little bit, but that's another path that I'm looking at too. And we want to offer that to the community or try to encourage the community to look at that to see if it's another way for like you say, opening those doors for those of us that are still working on our accreditation status, that's an avenue to get through there. So we'd love to hear your story as that goes to fruition and see how it all works out for you down the road too. Yeah, absolutely. And it definitely seems to, you know, I've talked to a few of the investment companies and mentioned that I was getting my 65 and they've all been very accommodating and saying, you know, we don't have to you know, as long as I'm on the path and I can show them I've passed the test, they're, you know, willing to hold a place for me for the few weeks. And so they've all been, you know, very accommodating and very good to work with. That's fantastic. That's good. Well, especially in this economy, I think operators are loving the idea of finding other ways to get people into their deals, probably due to raise some capital. So it, quite the journey you've been through, both the active side and the passive side. Can you speak to some lessons learned or any advice you have to? Again, people on the path a little bit behind you, maybe that would be worthwhile, something you can share? Yeah, I think looking, obviously, we want to research our investments as much as possible. One thing that I definitely was conscious of when I got involved in the life settlements was knowing that there's a backup structure 
you know, we hope all of these sponsors that we're working with have very solid businesses and everything works well. But, you know, there are those times when for no, you know, sometimes for unforeseen reasons that things don't work out. So uh, one of the things I really did do with the life settlements, especially because it was my first jump into a larger investment with a something outside of what I considered normal at the time. <laughs> I looked a lot into how is this set up? What happens if this company does go out of business and, you know, made sure that they did have contingencies set in place, that there was an escrow company set to take, you know, to hold everything as a third party and, you know, different things to make sure that not only that there was the best opportunity to succeed, but also, you know, what happens if it doesn't, you know, there's, I think, in our investing careers, especially in the space, you know, we're all going to have at some point, some investment doesn't go the way we we hope it would. <laughs> so I think the the more backup, the better. And then I think, you know, just, you know, so much of it to me, as I mentioned, is just, I really appreciate the LFI community because being able to bounce ideas off of each other and we all come from different backgrounds. So we all look at deals a little bit differently. So, you know, I can look at a deal and just say, oh my gosh, this is amazing. This looks perfect. And then, you know, I'll give it to my brother-in-law who's, you know, interested in these kind of things as well. And he'll say, oh, well, you know, hey, I'm just curious, did you look at this? And, oh, I, I really didn't think about that. And, you know, so, you know, they say, obviously two minds is better than one and a hundred is better than two. Exactly. A whole community is nice. I think that's fantastic advice. I think I think it's great when I like your second one as well about understanding deal structure. It feels like that's never been more important in my career of doing this anyway than what it is now in the current economy and everything else. So understanding that PPM, being able to dig into it and, and look at the risks and be able comfortable that there are multiple strategies involved in there, definitely worthwhile understanding and paying attention to as you go through too. So good stuff. I haven't had that one before. So I like that one, throwing that in there too. Well, I think one other thing that I just thought about too, is having gone through being a, you know, real estate broker when during the boom years, when everything went up, 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 up. And at one point in California, the statistic was one out of every 18 people in California have their real estate license. <laughs> it was just crazy, you know? And so at that point in time, how do you know who's good, who's not, who has a track record, you know, how long have they been practicing? everybody had a license. And so we're, we're kind of obviously coming out of that same period in this realm where property values, everything, rents, everything was going up, 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 up. And so, you know, what I saw in the real estate world was once things turned down and it was no longer easy money, three quarters of those real estate agents eventually went away because they were just there for the easy money. And so I think we're, in my view, we're in that phase right now where there's been a lot of easy money the operators are starting to, you know, hit those challenging times. And so I think even, you know, now it's more important than ever to really dive in and really check out the operators because, you know, some of the deals aren't going to be as successful, but there's definitely just like when real estate went down, there was a lot of good buying opportunities. You know, now there's going to be a lot of good buying opportunities. So, you know, you find those good operators and as hard as the environment is, this may end up being the most profitable time. Potentially. Yeah. To me, I say we're in that trying to catch a falling knife threshold right now of, yeah, it, it seems like we're in a rougher spot. It seems like it's going to take a turn one of these days and start being very lucrative again. But it's that guessing game of when, you know, so I haven't slowed down from investing. I'm still getting my cash out there and, and getting into things, but it's what's going to be around the corner, hopefully upswing. But yeah, we don't know. So 
Good stuff. So you've worn a lot of hats throughout your time frame. You've tried a bunch of different things. You're into this passive world now and starting to expand what your syndications you're in. What's next for you? Are you new hat? Is there another hat in the future for you? Or are you in this space for a while? What's the future look like for you? Yeah, you know, my I definitely I'm putting a lot of my capital to play in different areas right now and going to diversify. And one of my plans in that is doing some deals that are two or three year time frames, some that are four or five year time frames. You know, and that way over time, I'll be able to, you know, get some excess capital coming back and kind of build that ladder approach where I have some things coming due and I can jump into new opportunities while other things are still going. And, you know, so I'm going to, my plan is to kind of build that way to, you know, try to hopefully over time continually have some funds coming back to put into new deals while others are, are, you know, running strong and all over time, hopefully slowly, but surely build up that passive cash flow and, you know, not that I won't keep working for the W-2, but it's nice to have that be an option and not a necessity. <laughs> exactly. Flexibility is fantastic. That's for sure. So good for you. Well, good. Well, Eric, I appreciate you coming on the podcast. This has been great. It's been great to hear your journey. You've got, uh, you know, a wealth of knowledge with all the experience you've had in it. So we're grateful to have you in the community and sharing your information on the forum like you've been. So thank you for being here. Absolutely. Appreciate you putting it all together. And, you know, you're building a, a really a great community and I'm happy to be a part of it. Oh, thank you. Thank you for that. We're trying anyway. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but no, we appreciate the kind words and we appreciate everybody tuning in to listen today. Thank you for that. And we will see you next time in the spotlight. Hey, left fielders. This is Julian McClurkin from Tribe Vest. I recently had the pleasure of sitting down with Jim Pfeiffer for a masterclass. I learned so much from passive investing to real estate syndications to how you can diversify your portfolio with a tribe. I also learned how this form of passive investing was only available to the wealthy until recently. If I learned a lot, you will too. Go to leftfieldinvestors.com and check out the masterclass button at the top or look up Tribe Vest on YouTube. I'll see you there. Visor provides investors with a secure platform that displays a comprehensive view of all of their holdings on a single holistic dashboard from real estate syndications to private equity, crypto to traditional investments with AI driven, unbiased, honest insights to maximize return. Visor is your one place to rule them all. Automating performance tracking, projecting future cash flow, analyzing all your financial documents and much more in one powerful solution, making it easy to follow the money. Sign up for a free 30-day trial now at Pfizer.co. Thanks for hanging out in the infield with us today. If you're interested in becoming an infielder, you can find us at leftfieldinvestors.com or you can send me an email directly at chad at leftfieldinvestors.com. Thank you for listening to the Passive Investing from Left Field podcast. If you enjoy the show, please go to Apple Podcast or wherever you listen to podcasts and rate and review the show. This show is for entertainment purposes only. Nothing said on the show should be considered financial advice. Before making any decisions, consult a professional. This show is copyrighted by Passive Investing from Left Field and Left Field Investors. Written permissions must be granted before syndication or rebroadcasting.